Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. WrestleMania card we got so far. Lots of things happening in the world of pro wrestling. Just let you guys know, as you know, scheduling is going to be a bit tough for us coming up towards WrestleMania. Like, leave it to like the way things are scheduled. Like next east, next week is Easter, so Sunday. So we won't be doing the show on Sunday. Trying to figure out when exactly we can like sandwich in a WrestleMania show. So so stay tuned. Check us out on Facebook because that's where most likely we'll we'll make the announcement when. Our WrestleMania pre-show will be Facebook.com slash The Kennedy Show. Again, that is Facebook.com slash The Kennedy Show. Always got stuff going on on the Facebook page. Check us out over there. And like I said, we'll make an announcement as far as what our WrestleMania show schedule is going to be like. But, oh, my God, scheduling's just been crazy. And everyone have a great Easter. If you celebrate next week, you can check us out on Twitter. At The Kennedy Show is our Twitter handle. And you can check out our website, thecandidatereadyshow.com. Also, if you're listening to us live, well, thank you for being live. I mean, it looks outside that maybe spring has finally sprung. A beautiful Sunday today. So hopefully you're winding down a really great Sunday afternoon. You come on board and you're listening to us live. You got stuff to say. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Give us a call, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. If at this point you're listening to us pre-recorded, you're listening to us on the wonderfully amazing B-Plus Players Radio Network. Check us out over there as well. Great to have you on board. Like I said, at the top, WrestleMania season in full swing. This card is, is shaping up to be a gargantuan-type card. Returns, who's coming, who's going, what other match is going to be added to the card. So many things to get into. Couldn't do it without my tag team partner who is on the line. Dave, how are you doing this evening? 
I'm psyched. I'm pumped. We're getting closer to WrestleMania, one of the, the, the most exciting times for wrestling fans, myself included. Like you said, who's coming? Who's going? How this card's going to shape up? Like you said, it's got potential to be one of the best WrestleManias of all time. I'm sure that's very cliched, and that is said amongst many a pro wrestling podcast platforms, including WWE, but there's some truth to it, definitely for sure. And I hope that you and I can both make heads or tails of it all on tonight's show. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because no matter what, um, when it comes to WrestleMania, you know, the WWE is, you know, this is the greatest of all time. And then, you know, before it's going to be the greatest of all time. Now it is, I mean, it's hyperbole. Um, we don't do that here. Um, so for us to kind of broach that topic and actually start to talk about beforehand that this could be an all-time great WrestleMania says a lot. And as, as we've said in the past, you know, if you're going to you be critical when you need to be critical, but, you know, call out the positives when the positives are there too. And, and we're, we're critical at times when it comes to, um, the WWE product, but right now things are looking looking up as far as mania. There's there's storylines developing. There's there's stuff that that you know has got you interested. I I, I love the stuff that uh, uh, Nia Jackson Alexa Bliss is doing. Like good storytelling. I I'm you know I'm a storytelling uh, fan. That's why I like wrestling. It's not for me. It's not just about what happens between the ropes. And everything is starting to shape up nicely. And then as you're as you're looking at this card. And you're looking at, wow, like this could be an all-time great WrestleMania. And you're looking at the things that are shaping up, the storylines heading to Mania. One of the longest-running storylines in wrestling right now has been that the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn saga and everything that's been going on between those two characters. And then, as if, like, things could not get more insane heading to this year's WrestleMania, we get news this week. That Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan is cleared to resume wrestling, to to get back in that ring, to be a wrestler with the WWE. Um, Then consequently, he he fires uh, Zayn and Owens and gets his ass kicked. And that's that's how we go out. But it's just insane how you look at things. And, And for anyone, I know you say it, Dave, kayfabe is dead. I will maintain kayfabe is on life support, and I will give Kevin Owens a ton of credit for changing his Twitter handle to Kevin Steen and at Fight Steen Fight on Twitter. Kayfabe might be, might be in a coma. Not quite dead yet. But great storytelling that's been going on with these characters. They take care of Shane McMahon last week. They go after Daniel Bryan this week. Daniel Bryan's cleared. And, you know, Dave, I want to I get into Daniel Bryan because – I'm not the biggest Daniel Bryan fan. I think the internet just collapsed. Um, you know, it's like I'm not I'm not the type. Like I didn't look at the WWE and like they need Daniel Bryan back. I I, I honestly didn't think they needed him. Um, I think they were fine without him, um, honestly. And I, I thought the WWE did right by Daniel Bryan to give him a job after what looks like his wrestling career was over. Um, but. As a wrestling fan, again, I, I didn't necessarily pop for Daniel Bryan coming back, but I'm popping for the storyline. And, and I like the program going on and, and the way they work these characters and um, put it all together. And then you add Daniel Bryan being an active competitor into the mix, I think is awesome. It's really good storytelling. 
It gets me excited to see where they're going to go here. And, you know, we'll see if, uh, you know, Owens and Zane are, are rehired. Um, but, you know, I think personally, I mean, it, it could be obvious. Maybe they go in a different direction. Uh, it, it seems to me that they'll be leading towards a Shane and Daniel Bryan versus Owens and Zane, um, which I think is, is a really smart move. Uh, Daniel Bryan getting back into to active competition. Uh, you can protect him in a tag match. Um, and uh, for me, I, I've said this time and time again, um, and I hope the crowd doesn't shit on everything that Daniel Bryan's not involved in, because if I'm on the WWE, I keep him away from any belt for a chunk of time just to let him get his sea legs under him. And Daniel Bryan is going to be popular enough on this comeback where he does not need a belt. Um, he's a guy that can help put other guys over. Um, so I'm really curious to see how they're going to use him moving forward. But Dave, like, you know, we've talked about it. We've talked about Daniel Bryan in the past. I, you know, with the, the concussion um, lawsuit and everything, um, you know, I think if we were, if we bet on this, we probably would have bet that Daniel Bryant will never come back, will never be inside a WWE ring. He's back. The storyline works. And I'm really intrigued to see where everything goes with him. Uh, unlike you, I am a Daniel Bryan fan. Um, I, I, I'll be quite honest with you. I'm not like everybody on the Internet that thinks that the sun rises and the sun sets with Daniel Bryan. And I didn't follow him all through his career from the first time he ever competed in an Elks Lodge all the way till he made it to the main stage in WWE. I'd seen some of his stuff on the independent circuit, some of his stuff in Ring of Honor. Um, I didn't follow him closely, but I, follow, I watched him enough where I knew who he was and knew that he was a talent and hoped that he would make it to WWE someday. And then, of course, you know, because WWE is the big game in town, um, you know, I watched and I was intrigued by his story. He was very talented. He's very talented in the ring, and he definitely plays the underdog very well. Um, and so I was, unlike you, I was pumped for the return because I was upset that he did retire. We talked about it the night that he retired on our show. This is when we were originally on Mondays. I think we were going, we were leading into Raw before the big announcement was made. And, um, you and I both agreed that, you know, maybe he shouldn't come back if there's ever a chance for him to be cleared. Um, but I was pretty upset because I felt like all the momentum he had had for like that year and a half, like for whatever reason, management, corporation, whatever you want to call it in, within WWE, didn't see him as someone who was a vital part of their program. Okay. I'm not saying that like he needed to be the top guy in the business, but management didn't even see him sniffing the top of the card. They thought of him as like, you know, the mainstay in the mid card and maybe he'll flirt with the, with the title every once in a while, but you know, he's not a, a, a top guy. And when that storyline with the authority came and he was building his momentum in late 2013, heading into 2014 with the, 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 the fans getting behind him more and more to me as a fan, it became more of a reality that he's definitely a vital component of their programming and a, a vital part of their roster and more than just a mid card guy, in my opinion. And, but like I said, I'm also realistic in the sense I'm not like everyone on the air and thinks he needs to hold every belt and he's the main event, every pay-per-view he needs to be at the top of the card every single night of the week. I don't, I, I don't believe that a hundred percent, unlike some people on the internet, but as that 
that momentum kept growing and growing for him and that story kept building, I found it so – it was the closest thing to a grassroots movement when you were heading into WrestleMania 30 four years ago with, you know, originally – and Daniel Bryan says it himself. He has said it in multiple interviews. He wasn't even anywhere near the top of the card for that WrestleMania. He was a mid-card mainstay in a match with Sheamus, and a lot of things took place that – Management was forced to place him in important roles to help not save that WrestleMania, but to, you know, I guess you can say save that WrestleMania. I'll backtrack. Because CM Punk had quit. Batista wasn't getting the reaction that management had hoped. And everybody was all about Daniel Bryan. And then it just naturally fit. The story, reality, you know, turned into, or I'm sorry, fiction turned into reality in a sense. Um Management didn't see him as anything of a big deal at the top of the card, and then they were forced to put him at the top of the card. Then he had that huge march to WrestleMania. We were there. It was a great moment to be a part of. It was truly uh, one of the the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time, seeing what he went through to finally get to the top of the card. And then then an injury cut, cut it short. Then he came back after that, and another injury cut it short. And unfortunately, he had to he had to uh, retire, step away forced by management. So I felt like all the momentum he had, he didn't get a chance to really enjoy it. And I'm glad that he's getting to come back and do what he loves to do. Obviously his health and his well-being is first and foremost an important thing. And I hope from a health standpoint, nothing but the best. Like you said, the smart move is a tag team match at WrestleMania to protect him. But I am pumped he's back because now he gets some form of redemption. And above all else, above, above it all, this, the overall story of, of his journey, of his peaks and his valleys, could tell a really good documentary or even a movie, I mean, of, of, of how he started and, and rising and then falling again and then coming back after the injury. I mean, that quote that he said on TV the other night um, – Fight for your dreams because your dreams will fight for you. Like, to me, like, that epitomizes what Daniel Bryan as a human being and his character embodies. And for me, I'm, I'm jazzed up. I'm pumped. The fact that he's making his return to the same dome, the same stadium that he had his greatest career achievement by winning the WWE Championship at four years ago at WrestleMania 30, I think it's – the irony in it is unbelievable, and I think it's going to – I think it's going to tell a wonderful story when he returns in this match. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to tell a great story. I just, you know, I, I guess for me, it's just the WWE is, is a machine. They put out uh, a product. Um, I, I really don't think anybody on the roster is necessary. I don't mean to sound that as, as mean. I just think that, like, as they lose certain people, like, they, they promote others. You know, it's just the way that the, you know, the, the, the business goes, like how, um you know, how it goes in, in the WWE. So um, I don't look at Daniel Bryan as someone that like, oh, they, you know, they need him back. I'm like, all right, it's cool he's back, but I, I'm digging the storyline, and that's why uh, I'm impressed. Uh, you know, I, again, like for me, I, I, I was a fan, I guess, but not like he doesn't, he doesn't move the needle for me, to be honest with you. Um, it's fun to watch in the ring, uh, you know, and I get it with the WWE. I mean, they had to go in uh, – the direction of Daniel Bryan because the, the, the crowd was essentially like hijacking the show, quote unquote, to, to get Daniel Bryan in that main event picture. Um, you know, I, I mean, that's, that's, 
my thoughts on, on Daniel Bryan, but I do think that it's cool that he's, he's able to come back. Um, you know, what's intriguing now is just, you know, before, you know, right when he won that title, uh, you know, it was when the injury bug started to, to rear its ugly head. And you do wonder uh, what kind of schedule he's going to be on, um, what management, uh, you know, has planned for him in the upcoming year. Um, you know, is he going to have a full-time schedule? You know, to me, I, you know, a guy like Daniel Bryan, I mean, you know, you realize that he's popular. Um, his merch, now that he's back, it, it's probably going to go through the roof. I mean, who knows, man? They could put out a T-shirt that says, you know, fight for your dreams, so your dreams will fight for you, whatever the quote is. And, uh, you know, that'll sell like hotcakes. So, um, you know, I think monetarily speaking, it does make sense to have Daniel Bryan back in the fold. There's money to be made there. Um, but, but you do wonder, like, can this guy stay healthy? Can, can he do this? Um, it was interesting listening to – it was Bully Ray on Busted Open. He was talking about concussions, and he said, you know, what's interesting is you can do all all the stuff to practice and prepare. You could be in, in you, know, uh, you know, in a practice ring and practice all your bumps and do all that, but it's a totally different ball game once the adrenaline starts flowing and once you're, you know, you, you're going all out, it's just higher impact. It, it's you know, his, his point was that it's just it's very difficult to exactly duplicate um, what you're doing in that ring because it's just a different ball game when you're out there in front of a crowd. And, you know, Daniel Bryan is one of those guys that you can tell, even the other night, like when he went after um, Owens and Zayn, uh, you know, there, there was this, this, you know, enthusiasm and I don't want to say overzealous, but you know, you could see it almost like you could see the look on Daniel Bryan's face that like he was so excited to just be taking bumps and, and, you know, pulling off wrestling moves in front of a crowd. Um, you know, you don't want that enthusiasm and that uh, adrenaline to get the better of him. Um, you hope he can, you know, that management brings him along slowly, um, give him a couple of decent programs. Um, you know, you had Ziggler kind of say something to him, uh, behind the scenes on, on SmackDown. So, I, I, you know, there's matches to be had. Um, but I, I, I look at it as like you got to bring them along slowly. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing with Daniel Bryan, which is really difficult for, for management, is, you know, where does the crowd go with this? Like, is the crowd, you know, like coming out of WrestleMania, and, you know, I think Dave would probably be in agreement that the, uh, you know, AJ Styles-Nakamura match has uh, – not only potential to, to steal WrestleMania, but be an all-time type great match. Um, bell to bell, there's a lot of potential there. You know, after that match, whoever comes out on top, is the crowd going to be going batshit crazy for Daniel Bryan to get a title shot? And, and personally, like, if I, if I was running the WWE, he doesn't touch that for a while. Like, he's got, I got to bring him along slowly. And you just kind of, I don't know. Like you just wonder, is the crowd going to get impatient and start trying to hijack shows again to kind of force the issue and get them back up in the main event picture? Um, he's a, he's like one of those tough guys that I, like I empathize with management because uh, you know you have a plan in place, but he he garners such a visceral reaction from the crowd, which again is is, is a good thing. Um, but I think post this injury, you got to bring him along slowly. So 
Um, I'm really curious to see how the year unfolds. I think that we're going to get that tag match at Mania, but I'm really curious post-Mania where exactly to go with that, Dave. Yeah, I mean, from what I've been hearing throughout the dirt sheets, you know, this is all rumor. Um, as far as the schedule goes for him, um, he may be working 60 to 80 dates a year, uh, but he also may work a, a Randy Orton-type schedule where he works, you know, 125, dates a year. He's not working like a 200, 225-day-a-year schedule that most of the roster works. Another thing regarding his return that he agreed upon with management um, is that after every match he has, he goes through concussion impact tests. Normally, WWE talent, from what I understand, goes through impact testing after they've been injured. Regardless of whether it's a concussion injury or not, they go through impact testing um, with, their medical, with their medical staff. Brian will be doing that after every match for an undisclosed period of time until management feels that he's healthy enough where they don't have to perform these tests with him anymore. Uh, regarding the title situation, um, actually, before I, get on, before I get onto that, I guess Brian also has the option of, of, of wrestling as much as he wants or as little as he wants, but that's just rumor. I'm not buying all that just yet. Um, now on to the title situation like you had mentioned. Um, me personally, I could see what, what, why, you would, why you make a point like that because of the way the, the audience is so fickle and how Daniel Bryan, you know, elicits such a visceral reaction. However, I feel like if you flirt with the idea of him on television competing for a title, you're giving the audience a reason to react. And then if it doesn't go in the direction that the audience likes, then you're setting yourself up for backlash. The same way they did with the Royal Rumble a few years ago. When they announced his return in the Royal Rumble while they were building Roman Reigns and then they eliminated him early, they set themselves up for that. I blame management for that 100%. They set themselves up to make Roman Reigns look like look, look terrible at the end with, with the crowd booing him and the way that they set up Daniel Bryan's return. If you didn't announce Daniel Bryan in that Royal Rumble and, and you brought him in as a surprise, I don't think the audience would have been as bad that night in Philadelphia. I think if you flirt with the idea that he's going to compete for a championship, whether it's a mid-card title or whether it's a, you know, for the WWE championship or the universal title, and you don't go in the direction of him coming out successful at, in that, at the end of that story, you're setting yourself up, in my opinion. So I think they need to learn from their mistakes from a creative standpoint. And I, I think – if anything, I would use Daniel Bryan as a part-time guy. Not a Brock Lesnar part-time guy, but I wouldn't have him on TV every week, and it would make his time on television feel even more special, and the audience would appreciate him more. And I think that they would appreciate his, his presence on TV in a match or on a pay-per-view, and they wouldn't be so fixated on, well, Daniel Bryan's got to be in the main event for the championship. That's just my opinion as far as how they should handle Daniel Bryan um, for the time being. And to be honest with you, if, if he were to go for any title right now, I'd put him in a tag team. You know, let's say like a Samoa Joe, for instance. Samoa Joe is supposed to be returning any day now, or, or possibly even after WrestleMania. They, the two of them have history together as, as, as uh, rivals in Ring of Honor. I, I, to be quite honest with you, pair the two of them up together and, 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 and rebuild Raw's team division with the two of them after this alleged draft that's supposed to be taking place after WrestleMania. I mean... There's so many different directions you can go, but I do agree with you. The audience, there's a chance that they're going to they're gonna shit all over whatever he's 
doing that doesn't involve the championship. But I think they're only going to do that if on TV they indicate that he has an opportunity at a title. No, it's a good point. I mean, and they have to really look at how they handle Daniel Bryan because it is a, you know, the, the, the crowd will turn. Um, you know, and, and, and kudos to, to Owens and Zane and, and their characters and, and how they've been, um, you know, working this storyline because, you know, it's, I mean, the same, the same crowd that would be sitting here like, you know, if John Cena got his way and was in a triple threat match with Nakamura and AJ Styles, the same crowd would be like, oh, my God, man, it sucks, man. It's not right. It should be triple threat. That triple threat, man, should be one-on-one. But the same crowd, if we're like, we're putting Daniel Bryan in there, it's a triple threat match. Oh, my God, it's awesome. I'm spot well into my shorts now. Um, you know, it's, so I got to give credit where credit's due that, you know, the story that they've been able to tell has gotten that crowd, you know, the, the, the internet crowd, excited about Daniel Bryan being in the mid-card at WrestleMania in potentially a tag team match. And I, and, and I, I, you know, you got to give credit to creative. You got to give credit to um, Owens and Zane and, and everyone who has allowed this story and, and helped this story unfold. You, you have done a really nice job at inserting Daniel Bryan into that mid card and the crowd psyched that he's going to be there. And you really got to watch, you know, how exactly you're, you're going to work with him. And I think Dave, like to, to your point, if you're going to, have Daniel Bryan potentially, you know, getting a title shot for something and then it being thwarted in some way, use that to build somebody, you know, like just, just make sure, like do everything carefully. If you're going to screw Daniel Bryan in some way, like use, you know, use it to build someone else. Use it. Like, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, it's interesting now, like a guy like Bobby Roode, who, uh, you know, kind of a heel character, really, this arrogant kind of character, but he's, he's come because of his entrance. Um, you know, he's a face. If, if Bobby Roode and Daniel Bryant were in a program because Roode in some way screwed Daniel Bryant from being the number one contender or some shit, all of a sudden, like, Bobby Roode, immediate heel. And, and it wouldn't matter about the entrance. He would be hated. So, to me, if, if you're going to take something away from the character Daniel Bryan, if you're going to tease a title shot and then he doesn't get it, then make sure you're using that properly to, to build someone else. And it's it just, it, it's a, uh, you know, I'd be interesting because if I was working creative, I would be sitting there like, wow, we gotta, we, we gotta really cross our eyes and dot our T's and, and, and really make sure we we're, we're spot on with the storytelling because, um, the crowd will turn quickly if they're not getting what they want via Daniel Bryan. And, and look, and I, I keep saying that, and, you know, it is a testament, though, to Daniel Bryan that he is able to get that sort of reaction out of the crowd, that it is a, a genuine um, love for him and, and good for him. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm impressed. Uh, he's just not the type of guy that moves the needle for me. But, um, you know, impressed with the way he's been able to get, like, thousands of people uh, you know, just chanting yes, um, you know, over and over again. So, you know, I think it, it should be interesting, Dave, because when you looked at this card, um, it was shaping up to be um, something amazing. And then all of a sudden um, you, you throw Daniel Bryan back in the mix. I mean, 
you know, we were talking about it before we went on the air. And, you know, when you think about WrestleMania nowadays and you think about the potential of Nakamura and AJ Styles putting on a classic, you think about the, the, the yes chant and Daniel Bryan setting foot in the WWE ring again. Uh, add into the mix Finn Balor, Nakamura, and Bobby Roode's entrances. Um, and who knows who else might be returning, coming back, what, what else they might add. Do we get a resurrected uh, new packaging in some way, shape, or form of Bray Wyatt? Um, when I look at this card, it's not, it's not just the card itself and bell-to-bell that it looks like we're going to get a lot of entertaining action, but all that ancillary stuff is all falling into place. I think the crowd in New Orleans is going to be ridiculous i am expecting to be in that arena and like the roof to be blown off like like repeatedly that i think this is just going to be a hot crowd uh everything's just really shaping up and, and when you add daniel bryan into the mix it, it's crazy when you think about what this crowd could be like come mania i'll be honest with you i'm jealous i'm jealous i'm not going to this mania because the last time i went to wrestlemania was in new orleans and it was the big you know the, the daniel bryan coming out party and you know, that was a hot crowd. And, and, you know, they started the show that night with, with Hogan, Austin, and Rock. And it's still probably the, 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 my favorite moment ever being in a, at a wrestling event. And never in my wildest dreams I'd ever thought I would see those three in the same ring at the same time. Not even just for a match, but the fact that they were cutting a promo and kind of passing that torch, that WrestleMania torch to the new era of talent. Like it was just something so cool to be a part of. And then of course the Daniel Bryan stuff, but this WrestleMania, like you said, with the chance, the entrances, Daniel Bryan coming back, you know, the, 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 the volatility that they'll have towards a, a John Cena or a Roman Reigns. I mean, as a fan being in that, that stadium, you're going to be exhausted. WrestleMania is a long show to begin with, but you're going to be absolutely exhausted by the end of that thing. And as a viewer at home, I hope I can feel that same thing that the people in, in that stadium are going to feel that night because I, it's I'm not going to overhype it but like you said like it's going to be nuts it's going to be ridiculous what was that brush his teeth that's the alarm right yep that goes off at 7 o'clock every goddamn night um, Bruce, but yeah you know, I'm really excited because you know it's interesting and you know, doing this show, and I think everybody, especially as you get older, you get you get cynical, you get uh, you can get critical of things, and and doing this show, look, we we do the show, we analyze stuff, we break it down, uh, you know, we debate certain things, we look at things, oh, this sucks, this is, I mean, it is what it is, and also like, uh, you know, going to WrestleMania, um, you know, also getting involved in the business, wrestling, wrestling on shows, getting in the ring. Um, you know, I feel like like going to Mania, there was a few years there where, uh, you know, I would go and I was, I was a little, maybe a little overly critical or I kind of just went in, I want to say with a negative attitude, but, um, just, I guess I went to Mania with, with kind of a critical eye almost. Um, and last year when we went to Mania, uh, you know, uh, myself, producer Michelle, uh, Rocky, we kind of made a pact to go into Mania and let's let's be marks. Let's just we're gonna enjoy ourselves. We're not gonna be critical. We're gonna buy in, hook, line, and sinker, cheer for the faces, boo the heels, 
and, and just, you know, enjoy everything, enjoy the spectacle that that is WrestleMania. And as a fan, I'm so pumped for this year's Mania because to me, like going back to having that attitude and going into this just as a fan and, and really trying to check all that, that baggage that comes with, you know, dissecting wrestling, like, like check that at the door and just go in and be like, you know what, I'm going to be, I'm going to be 10 year old Kenny Reedy you know, today. And I'm just going to enjoy the, the spectacle that is mania. I'm really pumped for this year's mania because I think it is ripe for just going in there and not being critical and just enjoying. So it, you're right. It's going to be like, it's going to basically be a work day. It's going to be like an eight hour WrestleMania um, but everything's shaping up. And like I said, you have everything that's kind of falling into place, and then you add Daniel Bryan into the mix. It's just crazy. Three four seven eight three nine eight one five. Your thoughts on Daniel Bryan? Your thoughts on the WrestleMania card? Is it shaping up? Do you like it? Would you like to crap all over it? Whatever side of the spectrum you're on, give us a call. Let us know your thoughts on Mania. Lots of stuff to get into. Who else might be returning who knows? But right now, it's time for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Good evening. You've tuned into the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Only heard top of the hour each and every week right here at the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. And for those of you that are living under that proverbial rock, for those of you that are out of the loop in the podcast world, then you've picked the right time to get back on the saddle because the folks over at B-Plus Players Radio have a loaded lineup for you. Search, like, and or follow B-Plus on either Facebook or Twitter to be a part of the ever-evolving Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, making waves in the industry today. B-Plus wouldn't be possible without this man, the voice of many Elks Lodges across the Tri-State area, Mr. Mark Adam Haggerty. Besides from being the captain of the ship, he also lends his talents to many of the great podcasts at B-Plus, including his very own, the flagship program, The Outsider's Edge. Now, don't ask me when and where you're going to find this show, but if you search through all of B-Plus's archives on their social media accounts, I'm sure you'll be able to find the good time that MAH can only provide. As far as we go, the Ken Reedy Show, look for our show to drop for download late Sunday evenings after the show's gone live, or most likely early Monday morning. And that's if Mark Adam, Adam Haggerty isn't still snuggling with his cats. Don't wait any longer. Subscribe to B-Plus Players Radio right now. But not before you find out what made the top stories this week on the Day 5 50-50 News Report. We kick off the news this week with news that has circulated for almost three years in and out of the dirt sheet Rolodex, and that being the potential return of Hulk Hogan to WWE. Mike Johnson of PW Insider broke the news earlier this week that discussions between both sides have taken place as early as a few weeks ago. A representative from WWE commented to PW Insider on the matter by saying, and I quote, We've had discussions with Terry Bollea about how he can help others learn from their mistakes. However, he is not under any contract with WWE. Johnson's report also speculated that if a Hogan return were to take place, then the obvious role for the immortal one would be to fill the void as the on-screen authority figure on SmackDown Live. Shane McMahon's character on television has taken a leave of absence, and Daniel Bryan, as we just touched upon at the top of the show, has been cleared by WWE medical staff to return to action. The other option would be for Hogan to resume his role as a goodwill ambassador, making the rounds at speaking engagements on behalf of the company at non-wrestling-related functions, as well as other WWE-sponsored charity events, with the occasional cameo on WWE programming. After this news broke, PW Insider 
also confirmed that Hogan would be appearing this Thursday, March 29th, at the world premiere of the Andre the Giant HBO documentary. This event is co-promoted in conjunction with WWE and HBO as the documentary was produced by both entities. New developments have surfaced this weekend regarding Johnson's story as it's being reported that around the time of the announcement that Hillbilly Jim was going into the WWE Hall of Fame, Johnson received word from one of his sources within the company that they were in talks with Hulk Hogan to return, with speculation being that Hogan's return could be in fact related to possibly inducting Hillbilly Jim into the WWE Hall of Fame. Hogan's character on TV was the one who introduced Hillbilly Jim to the WWE audience so it would be seen as a natural fit. After hearing this, Johnson states he had to go through other sources and dig deeper to confirm this before allowing this story to print, which ultimately took up to two weeks. And according to Johnson, talks had begun between Hogan and WWE around March 6th. Once Johnson completed his fact-finding is when he reached out to WWE's PR department for a comment. As of right now, there is no confirmation on Hogan's return to the company, as it's only speculation at this time. And with speculation comes the fact that we might be talking about this after the break. So let's get ready to discuss the future of Hulkamania, brother. My second story this week. Injury scare last weekend at a WWE house show in New York City's Madison Square Garden as WWE champion AJ Styles was seen limping to the locker room with WWE medical assistance following an in-ring confrontation with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Several reports surfaced online trying to figure out the legitimacy of the injury, with myself and Ken also going back and forth on the subject when the news broke via text messages. Most outlets, along with myself, concluded later on that evening that the injury was a complete work as Styles returned to action later in his match, tagging with Shinsuke Nakamura against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Later that weekend, Styles was taken off the house show loop, which left many wondering once again his health status heading into WrestleMania. Several reports followed that Styles was evaluated this past Monday backstage at Raw in Dallas with no other information provided, but leaving many to speculate once again that this injury could be significant. He was kept out of in-ring action on Tuesday SmackDown Live as a precaution, with many still left wondering the severity of the injury. As of right now, I'm glad to report that AJ Styles has been cleared to return to in-ring action, as he's made the house show loops this weekend, tagging with all three members of the New Day. In multiple interviews this week, Styles was adamant that he would be good to go for WrestleMania, with WWE CEO Triple H optimistic of those same results. My third story, with WrestleMania season in full swing, news keeps trickling in on the greatest Royal Rumble event, which will be held in an outdoor stadium venue from Saudi Arabia on April 27th. News of this event has been generating a lot of buzz during WWE's most important time of the year. This event will host the first-ever 50-participant Royal Rumble match, along with seven other championship matches. Names such as John Cena, Undertaker, Triple H, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, and The New Day are just a few names advertised to appear at this huge event. This event is the first of many that WWE and the country of Saudi Arabia will be producing under a 10-year agreement. Roman Reigns appeared on the Sam Roberts Morning Show last week, revealing that this event will be broadcast on the WWE Network, with many new subscribers indicating that this show is being listed on the upcoming WWE Network schedule when receiving confirmation emails during sign-up. It was also revealed this week that WWE Hall of Famers Jim Ross and Jerry the King Law will return to the booth to call all the action for this monumental event. Nick Hausman of WrestleZone.com reported this week 
that the ultimate deletion match between Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt from Raw this past Monday was a big topic among many backstage. According to their sources, WWE Chairman Vince McMahon had growing concerns about the match and if it would deliver to the audience. Houseman went as far as to say that McMahon thought the match would bomb despite it being billed as the main event of the evening, and there was a lot of debate of airing the match in the first place. Allegedly, it took some convincing, not only to McMahon, but to other officials in the company in order to get the match on TV. But in the end, WWE officials were said to be happy with the results as the match helped maintain Raw's third-hour rating over th- of over 3 million people, as well as making Ultimate Deletion the number one trending topic worldwide on Twitter for over two hours after the match had aired. Success of this match has now led WWE management open to the idea of producing similar content in the future. On a related note, the finish of this match, which saw Bray Wyatt thrown into the lake of reincarnation, has many speculating that his character is in the midst of a repackaging. Wyatt appeared at a live event in Toronto, Ontario, Canada on Friday, confronting Hardy in the ring, Hardy delivering a twist of fate to Bray before telling him to embrace the change. Fans chanted change at Bray to end the angle, which could indicate there, there is indeed a change coming to the Bray Wyatt character, but more importantly, potential allegiance with Woken Matt Hardy. I'm assuming more light will be shed on this matter on tomorrow evening's telecast of Monday Night Raw. Now, my final story this week, it seems that every year during this time, as we approach the upcoming WrestleMania event, rumors of potential happenings at the next year's event seem to surface. For instance, last year, just days before WrestleMania 33, rumors circulated that WWE plans to main event WrestleMania 34 with Brock Lesnar squaring off against Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Fast forward a year later, and what will we be seeing on April 8th? Need I say more? Anyhow, this trend has continued this year as we're just under two weeks out, and rumors have circulated online of a big match planned that will main event next year's WrestleMania 35 from MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And when I say main event, I mean, that match will close the show. Let me be clear on that. The match in question, Ronda Rousey against Asuka for the SmackDown Live women's title. The Wrestling Observer jumped in on the conversation and speculated that the match could be in the works, where they will build the match as a streak versus streak. The rumor suggests that Asuka will obviously defeat Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown women's title at WrestleMania this year and go undefeated until next year when she faces Ronda Rousey. Another rumor surfaced online just a few weeks back that Charlotte would be added to this match, making it a triple threat match for the championship, and that this match would close the show inside MetLife Stadium. Obviously, these are just rumors, but I found this quite fascinating, considering the fact a similar occurrence transpired last year regarding the rumors of this year's main event. And that about wraps things up here on the Dave 550-50 News Report. Thank you all for tuning in this week. Check back here next, as I'm sure the WrestleMania rumor and innuendo will keep on coming and I'll be your source to make heads or tails of it all. More pro wrestling talk is on the way, so without further ado, let's send it back to Ken. Take it away, brother. Yeah, there's a, you know, there's a few things in your news. I mean, it's, just, it's such an incredible WrestleMania season, and, uh, you know, obviously there's a, there's a 300-pound blonde red and yellow gorilla in the room, but before we get into that... Um, I'm kind of your. I want to know your thoughts on on the the final deletion because I, I still like when I watch that stuff. I, I literally sit there and I'm thinking, this is amazing, or it's the drizzle shits, and I don't know which it is. And I'm sitting there like, am I loving this or do I think it? Like I'm just I'm baffled by it, but I'm intrigued. 
The one thing I'm curious though with Dave, like like two things. Number one, did you like it? Secondly, your thoughts on if you went to Raw live and the last 20 minutes or so, give or take, of, of sitting there live is watching something on on the big screen. Um, like, that seems odd to me. I'm sure they gave them something post-Raw. That's what they usually do. But I did find it odd to, like, you know, if I was going to a Raw live, that I'd end my night just kind of watching the big screen. So there's two things. What do you think of it? And what do you think of uh, that headlining Raw? Um. I, I liked it. I was hoping it was a little longer, but I liked it. Um, I think WWE's credit, they did it. They did the, the, the presentation justice. It was filmed in very similar fashion as to the way they had filled similar alt, final deletions, delete or decay, um, you know, th- those things that TNA had done with the Hardys when the Hardys were in TNA. But I feel like they did it justice with the way it was produced, with the graphics and the special effects and the music and things like that. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of a little bit of everything with wrestling. I, I like wrestling as a variety show. Um, there will be things that I don't like. And then when this first concept came out, when Hardy was in TNA, I was not a big fan of it. I thought it was hokey and stupid, but it kind of grew on me over time. Um, I'm not thinking it's genius by any stretch of the imagination, like these idiots on the internet, but... Um, I think it's still entertaining. It's a different way to present wrestling. Uh, Lucha Underground has a similar um, way of producing wrestling in that cinematic style. And I, I kind of dig that WWE is at least trying it on and, and, and seeing if it fits. And it seems to be working because uh, people seem to like it. They did something similar last year or two years ago with the Wyatts and the New Day when they had that match at the Wyatt Compound. Um, and it seemed to go over real well. So I'm I'm of the I'm of the belief that you know I'm not over the moon for it, but yeah, it was it was somewhat entertaining. I was kind of hoping it was going to go longer. Secondly, I will say this regarding you know being at a raw and having to sit through 20 minutes of this on the big screen at the end. Um, the live crowd in Dallas did not have to do that. They didn't even get to see the match on the big screen. They did two different segments. They did a dark match segment with Braun Strowman and Elias. And then they had Ronda Rousey come out, and she, she armbarred and flipped uh, Dana Brooke. So the audience in the arena didn't even get to see the final deletion uh, or the ultimate deletion or whatever it was called. So um, smart move on WWE's part because they would have, in a sense, alienated their audience in the arena by having them have to sit through that to close out the show. So... Um, but if I were as a, if, if they didn't go that route and I was sitting in the audience, I, I'd watch it, but I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't be too upset, but at the same time, I'd want to see stuff in the ring too. I, didn't, I wouldn't think that that would be the one thing that you close the show out with. I thought maybe, if anything, they were to like kind of produce it in between commercial breaks, coming into a commercial break or going out of a commercial break. It's kind of in similar fashion as to how they filmed the, uh, the Hollywood backlot brawl at WrestleMania 12 with Goldust and Piper, where they had a few minutes of the segment and then they went to the next match and then they filmed some of the segment, uh, you know, later on in between matches. And then they finally had the, the big finale where they came back to the arena and Piper stripped Goldust and he was in lingerie. If they did it similar in, in that similar fashion, I think it would have been more receptive, but at the same time, people loved it. People thought it was great. So I really have no complaints about it. Um, I could take it neither here nor there, but I'm the I'm of the kind of person when it comes to wrestling like I like to see different present I like 
to try different things and see different things. And the way this was presented, I mean, it fits the two of their characters. They're both a couple of whack jobs. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think they did it justice because you know how WWE is. They'll take a concept from someone else and they'll try and put their own spin on it or totally reinvent the wheel. And it won't be up to the expectations of the audience this time around. They took this concept that Hardy has created and they've, they, they did it justice and they did it in almost close to the way that it was produced in TNA. So hats off to them for that. Yeah, it was good stuff, and it'd be interesting to see where exactly they go with the Bray Wyatt character. But, you know, the theme is, and, and you know, I touched upon it, do we get a repackage, reemergence, uh, reborn Bray Wyatt this year at WrestleMania remains to be seen. But the theme tonight is really, it's all about returns, and wow. Like, big news, I mean, if, if anything could, you know, in this week, we get, like, Daniel Bryan uh, returning to a WWE ring, and... You're thinking, could there be any bigger news? And this would have been bigger news if it was definitive. We don't know yet, but we get reports that Hulk Hogan may be coming back home. Um, and it was really interesting. You know, I threw this up on Facebook today, uh, put the question out there, asking social media and people that responded. Thank you guys who, who responded. Um, overwhelming majority uh, wants Hogan back. Uh, I want Hogan back. I I think this this it got a little bit silly um, with kicking him out and, and and everything that transpired with him. I think the WWE could have handled it uh, better or at least differently. Um, but I'm excited because I, I'm a, I'm a real proponent of you know when it comes to certain issues, um, the issue will always be there if you don't if you don't move past it. Um, and Hogan not being in the WWE fold. Um, you know, you have to keep talking about that incident. And I, I to me, like Hulk Hogan, it, it's a little bit silly. He was recorded, not knowing he was being recorded. If all of us were, were recorded behind the scenes and it's all the light of day, we'd all get in a lot of trouble. Um, I'm glad. I'm hoping the rumor's true. Uh, I'm hoping we, we see a Hulk Hogan. I mean, when we talk about um, – him potentially coming back, uh, what, what that Superdome could be like uh, in New Orleans. Um, but it's intriguing because there are definitely fans out there that aren't necessarily 100% on board. Um, like I said, on social media, for us, the vast majority of people that responded said that they'd welcome Hogan back. Um, you know, we had some uh, black people who said they want Hogan back, but we also had a black man that said no like he he said that and don't want to see him back he he's lost his spot for me so and, and i get that like I, I you know i'm sitting here saying i want hogan back but i'm not a black guy i i can't come at i can't come at it from that point of view um but he made a mistake he was in a dark place at the time yada 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 we've gone over this time and time again um i just think he could be someone who um could help the younger talent a lot behind the scenes. He could definitely be something on camera. Um, obviously, financially, merchandising the whole nine is something that the WWE can capitalize on. So um, if handled correctly, I think it's a positive thing. And it's, it's something that for the WWE, for Hulk Hogan, if he were to come back, come back, we could finally put this whole thing behind us, stop talking about it, and, and move forward and grow and just – you know, be better. Um, so Dave, like when I heard, like I was shocked 
Because, you know, in all honesty, with the the two stories that we're hitting upon now today, with Daniel Bryan, I honestly really, if I were a betting man, I would have bet he was never going to come back in ring. And, and in all honesty, I hate to say it, but I kind of felt like that maybe we'd get um, some Hogan, uh, Hogan stuff, Hogan merch, Hogan, whatever, on the website, you know, God forbid, after Hogan passed away. Um, and, and so I, I really had my doubts that we would ever see Hogan in the WWE again. Uh, there's a cause for optimism. It's, again, like leading towards this mania being really something special if he winds up uh, showing up at mania. But, um, you know, all in all, if done correctly, Dave, I'm just I'm happy to at least think that there's there's a plan perhaps to, to move forward and move past this incident and we can stop talking about this ugly incident and, and Hogan can do what he, what he needs to do to make amends uh, in the locker room with other fans being a goodwill ambassador. And uh, to me, I think more positive it can come out of him being back in the fold than continuing to be uh, out there, uh, you know, exiled from the WWE. I, I would agree with you there. I think that they can Hogan and the company itself can steer the ship and right the wrong of, uh, and more importantly, Hulk Hogan can right the wrong of his of his actions and what he said in that recording um, to to tell a uh, to, to send a positive message more than anything to 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 uh, not just to wrestling fans but just to to people in general. Um, I, I wasn't like you where I thought it was never going to happen. Um, there have been people in today's society in all walks of life and entertainment that have done far worse and have bounced back from it. I mean, Paula Dean, you know, we, we, a few years ago, Paula Dean was, uh, you know, caught saying some, uh, you know, some, some unfavorable things towards the African-American community. And uh, she's bounced back and she still makes a decent living and she's still out there, you know, in the limelight doing what she does. Um, you know, and there's other and there's other cases with other incidences with people that have done far. I mean, shit. O.J. Simpson, you know, of all people, is you know has been. It's never been really proven, but every the majority of this country and society believes he killed his ex-wife and 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 that 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 poor bastard Ron Goldman, and he gets out of jail uh, just recently, and he's you know living on the hog from his NFL pension, and you know I'm sure he's gonna be able to make money in other areas and, and make a, make a decent living. So I, I feel like, you know, Hogan could have definitely bounced back. It's that old thing, time heals all wounds. I'm glad that there is a plan in some regards, if it's true to, to bring him back into the fold. However, I think it's got to be done a certain way. I think it's got to be done correctly. And we talked about this on our Russian roulette episode um, a few weeks back, you know, you brought up the subject of how to reintroduce him into the WWE. And I feel like to his detractors and to people who are kind of riding the fence and a little skittish of wanting Hulk Hogan back in the fold of WWE, I feel like the company and Hogan have to go about it in a different manner. If you just throw him on TV and make him a character or have him appear on TV, in a sense, you're kind of rewarding him. Hulk Hogan's been known to – to, to enjoy the spotlight, the adulation. You're kind of rewarding him by having him return in that manner. For me, if I was an executive, I'd make him work for it. 
as much as I love Hulk Hogan, I'm a huge Hulkamaniac, just like you, Ken. I'm wearing a Hulk Hogan T-shirt that I got from ProWrestlingTees.com, okay? We're currently right now. That's how big of a Hulkamaniac I am. And, but I feel like this time around, find out if it's truly genuine or not. I believe it is, but you've got a lot of other people to prove to. The African-American community, the African-American wrestlers in the WWE locker room, the African-American wrestlers in the entire industry, in my opinion, I think he's got to prove a lot to um, in, in terms of, you know, being sorry and, and being, you know, apologetic. And if this is truly, if this was truly a mistake and, and he's, you know, truly genuinely sorry, I feel like he's got to prove that in some ways. And I think the best option for him currently right now is I would have him come out and, and, and induct Hillbilly Jim into the Hall of Fame. And obviously it would be Hillbilly's night, but you, but you, you put him out there. And it's not a it's not a scenario where he's going to be able to hog the spotlight, okay? And it's not a scenario where, in a sense, you're rewarding him. I know this may sound like I'm double talking here, but you know, have him induct Hillbilly Jim, and then you just kind of have him step away for a little bit. But you have him in that goodwill ambassador role. You have him go to schools and speaking engagements, speaking with the African American community, talking about discrimination and the negative effects it has on our society. Tell his story of the mistakes that he's made in hopes that other people, young kids, don't make those same mistakes that he made with the racial slurs that, that, were, that were found in that recording. Another way they, can, they could have, make good use of him and put him back in the fold is to, he lives in Florida, he's a Tampa guy, Tampa's not too far from Orlando, have him be a guest trainer at the Performance Center every once in a while. Have him go down there and teach those kids the basics of the in-ring and the promos and the, 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 the psychology and things like that. And have them conduct a class on, like, morals um, with some of the younger guys, the guys that are just breaking in, you know. The NFL does it with all their rookies. They make them go through a seminar where they teach them how to manage their money so those guys aren't buying eight cars and four houses and they're already in debt by the time they're in the third season of their contract, you know. Kind of have Hogan tell his story about how, you know, Conducting yourself outside the ring is just as important as how you conduct yourself within the business to the young guys down there in NXT so they don't make the same mistake. Tell your story so that people can learn from it. I feel like there's got to be some accountability on his part if he wants back into the company. And then as time goes on, then you can throw him out there for an occasional guest hosting of, of a pay-per-view or you want to put him in someone's corner to pop a rating or, you know, in a match or, you know, have him be the, you know, maybe eventually be the general manager of one of the shows and have him come out there weekly and, and be a part of it. But I, I feel like throwing him right there out there on TV is like, it's like a reward to him. And as much as I love Hulk Hogan, as much as I feel he deserves to be back in the fold of WWE, I think it's got to be done in a way that it's going to satisfy all parties involved. The company, him, the, 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 the African-American community, the African-American wrestlers in that locker room, and even the African-American wrestlers not in the WWE but in the industry and the business, and that they know that this is a, this is a, a, a genuine, apologetic you know, Hulk Hogan. And, and that's how I feel on the situation. I want him there. I want him a part of it, but I feel like let's make him work for it. Yeah, let's see that. I mean, it, it's really interesting, you know, to see how this is going to unfold, how, um, you know, how exactly they're going to bring him back. I mean, I know one of the rumors was uh, bringing him back as uh, the next authority figure 
uh, on SmackDown uh, because uh, Daniel Bryan and, and Shane McMahon are not there. Uh, and I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I, you know, I, I want to see, look, I mean, it, it's one of those things. It's a catch 22, you know, I think they got to bring them back the right way. Um, but hell man, like if I turn on SmackDown this Tuesday night and, you know, Vince McMahon is, you know, out in the ring and, you know, we need someone else running SmackDown and in real American starts playing, I'm going to pop huge. I mean, there's no, I'm not going to stick here in front and say, you know, yeah, they, they definitely should bring them back slow. And then, cause it would be a little no disingenuous. I mean, the same thing. what? No, no doubt. I'll, I'll probably be the same way too. I, 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 I'm right there with you. Right. So, I mean, it's one of those things like, yeah, it's like we're, we're talking and we're talking as fans and, you know, if I was if I were Vince McMahon, um, I'd probably be looking at at some sort of plan to to bring him back. Um, but again, as a, as a Hulkamaniac, as a fan, yeah, his music hits. I'm going to pop on Tuesday. Um, but it, it'll be interesting. You know, we we saw um, you know some words from uh, Mark Henry, who uh, is not totally sure uh, that that uh, you know it, it's the time for Hogan to come back. Um, you know, a lot of the statements that you, you've heard since this incident happened uh, from uh, black wrestlers is um, that of forgiveness and, um, you know, wanting to see Hogan back. So I, I think the overwhelming response has been positive and has been, um, you know, wanting Hogan back in the fold. However, you know, you can't, you know, you got to look at all viewpoints and look at all like people and what they think. And we did have someone, uh, you know, on Facebook say that they, they didn't want him back. And, and, you know, you kind of have to respect that. And I think, you know, it's one of those things, like you said, like Hogan can be this goodwill ambassador, um, you know, go out, go out when the WWE does um, these tours uh, in uh, uh, predominantly, um, you know, cities with uh, pre- predominantly minority populations and, and, and go there and, and speak and like, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be uncomfortable, but that's going to be, you know, you need to go to a school and sit in a classroom with, you know, all black students and, and basically say, I'm sorry, I screwed up. I should not have said that. And I, I was the guy that, you know, train, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. And, and I screwed up and I never should have said what I said. And that's, you know, he could be that, that goodwill ambassador to your point. I think it's really, you know, for a guy I mean, I don't think you could look at Hogan and say, you know, lowest of the lows. Um, but when you think about um, his, his, his marriage fell apart, uh, you know, he was apparently drinking heavily. Uh, the story that, you know, he got up and put the gun in his mouth because uh, he was thinking about ending it all. Like, here's, I mean, he's Hulk Hogan. And, and here's a guy that was like the, I mean, as far as, look, we said it last week on this show, Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania MVP. For my money, greatest of all time, bar none. Um, pinnacle of, of what a professional wrestler could be. And then he winds up, you know, almost losing everything, saying something stupid, getting filmed for it. And, and you look at, like, the, the career arc, that that's something that, like, he was at the highest of the highs, the greatest of all time, and then really hit rock bottom. And, you know, the idea that Hogan could get into that locker room and be that cautionary tale, be that guy that says, you know, mind yourself, watch where your career is going, watch yourself, watch how you're handling things, manage your stress, manage your family. 
Um, you know, all that stuff that I, to me, if I was an up and coming wrestler and I was, you know, I mean, let's face it. We all were, you're, you're in your twenties and you're, you're all full of piss and vinegar. And, and, and you're just like, I'm going to be the best. And, you know, you get a paycheck and it's like, you know, you just want to spend it all right away. You know, if I was this up and coming 20 something year old wrestler ready to take the world by the balls with no, we're not a care in the world. And, and just, you know, I'm just going to do it. It would be very eye opening for me, for a guy, you know, not, not some guy who never made it, not some guy who, uh, you know, kind of had a mid card career at some point, but the greatest of all time would come in and say, you know, I almost lost it all. I was, I was the, the, the biggest wrestler on the planet for a large amount of time. And I almost lost it all. I think that message would be so valuable to up and coming wrestlers to go to NXT and talk to these guys when they, they first come into the WWE. Um, you know, I really think Dave, that's an excellent idea that, that he could be a part of. So it, it's, it's really interesting to see, you know, where they go with this is Hogan going to be just an on-screen character. Are they going to utilize him as a goodwill ambassador? Is he going to be an instructor or at least do something with NXT? Um, it remains to be seen, but I, I don't know about you, Dave. I mean, there's just so many things we could spin this. I'm just excited that it seems like things are thawing a bit, and in some way, shape, or form, hopefully Hogan's back in the fold. Man, time heals all wounds. It, you know, it's it, it, as cliche as that sounds, it's, it's the truth. You know, how many people have allegedly, you know, burned Vince McMahon or made the WWE, you know, look bad or and looking in, in, in a negative light and he has brought them back because he knows what you know as, as another cliche and I hate to say it but he knows what's best for business in some instances and Hulk Hogan you know off screen I think is a, it could be a huge asset to that company in the ways that I described earlier and you know I'm a big Hulkamaniac I've always wanted to see him kind of close it out with the company you know it looked like it was going that way a few years ago when he returned and then this happened but hopefully he can you know end his career on a high note with, you know, the, the, the company he not only helped put on the map, but also the company that helped make him the star that he is today. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just, you know, it's really exciting to, to just think about um, that and, and Hogan being back in the fold and potentially, you know, again, it's like we can talk about how we think he should, but man. And again, I go back to, to 30 and, uh, you know, me jumping around like a child when Hogan's music hit, um, you know, to see Hogan again one more time at a WrestleMania would just be something pretty incredible. So uh, we'll see how this story unfolds. And as, as we talk about the theme of tonight's show is really all about uh, returns and, and what we're going to see at WrestleMania. And I, I want to know what you think, man, because I, I've just been, look, I don't, I will go on record. I've been on record on this show that I, I thought last year uh, Taker had a great send off. Um, so I don't necessarily need to see Taker again. Um, I like the idea of maybe the dead man is gone. So perhaps we see the American badass or some, some version like that. I mean, who knows? I think that would be pretty cool. Um, but man, like as much as I was not a proponent of Taker coming back, like I, I just liked the way he said goodbye last year. Um, I think it was uh, c- the correct way for the character. I don't see the, uh, the Undertaker 
works in symbols, abstracts, metaphors. Um, I, I don't think that dead man character would ever come out and say, you know, I'm retired. You know, you know, or like WrestleMania will be my last match. Like it, it's all like metaphors. So like the folding of the jacket, the taking off the gloves, the hat, and everything. like that to me was the perfect way to to, to be sent off. So I have gone on record a number of times on the show saying I, I really don't need to see Taker again. I think he should ride off into the sunset. However, I'm digging what John Cena is doing, the way he's dogging Taker. And you know, like, in this sort of scenario, John Cena is never going to turn heel, but he's been heel-ish. Um, I've just been digging how he's been calling him out. And, and Cena's coming off, character-wise, like, like he's desperate. He's desperate to get his Mania match. He's desperate for his Mania moment this year. I'm digging all the promos right now. You know, I, I would assume, again, that we're going to see Taker at some point. Do we not see him until WrestleMania? Who knows? But I'm curious. I, I've just been liking the way John Cena is, has been using this, uh, the way it's unfolded thus far. So, you know, you hope they could pull off the match if, if they do it. But John Cena's done a nice job. Again, you look back on his program with The Rock, and John Cena had to do a lot to build that match without The Rock being around. And again, for another WrestleMania, John Cena's out there building stuff, getting the crowd into it, uh, trying to build a match that has not been booked yet, and his opponent has not been on TV. I think John Cena's doing an excellent job. I think he's done a great job with that. I like the approach that the character's taken um, in, in these last few weeks. I'm, I've not necessarily been a fan of how they've gotten to this point. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, the whole, you know, I need my WrestleMania need to have my moment, you know, kind of put, you know, using his free agent status to get him, you know, a, a title shot on SmackDown, flip-flopping between SmackDown and Raw. Um, I really feel like if they really wanted to make this like an all-time classic, they could have started this build-up, you know, maybe around the Royal Rumble uh, with Cena campaigning for the match, and they're going months without, you know, a response uh, but, we're, you know, we're at the 11th hour. We're on that final stretch to WrestleMania with two weeks away, and that match still hasn't been made official, um, which in, on, in some instances it surprises me, but in the other in, on another instance it, it doesn't the way that Cena has been talking in these, in these promos. Um, like I said, I've enjoyed his approach by kind of bringing up the loss from last year and, and indicating that Undertaker – is in hiding and is ashamed because he lost while at the same time showing him the respect that he deserves as an athlete and as the, the, the longest tenured superstar in the company by saying, you know, so what that you lost, you're still the undertaker. You can come back and do whatever, you know, he kind of had, he kind of drew that fine line of, uh, you know, respect, but disrespect at the same time. And, uh, you know, like I said, calling him out and, and, and and going with a more realistic approach, even calling him a coward, saying he's not a real man and, and things like that. Um, I really enjoyed, you know, it, it's people, I, I love this. People on the internet, you know, these, these discussion, you know, the, the, the chat groups on social media and, and, and the, that I follow and things of that nature, they'll sit there and they'll, they'll, you know, till the cows come home, they'll say, I don't want to see this match. This match is awful. This match is terrible. Why are they even doing this? Nobody wants to see it. But then 
When you click on Monday Night Raw and you watch John Cena name drop Undertaker and you watch John Cena call him out two weeks, Two and three weeks in a row and call him a coward, say he's not a man, and, you know, this is the match that everybody wants to see. And every single son of a bitch in that whole arena is chanting, yes, 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 and they're all behind it. That's just proven that sometimes you people on the Internet, you're just capable of being wrong. I know that might be a hard concept to understand and to figure out, but, you know, at the end of the day, your opinion still doesn't matter with me or with anybody else. So... With that being said, the the it's it. I didn't care for the Kane part of this on Monday when he showed up and he choke slammed him, and they're going to lead to the match. And to me, that's where like the logic flies out the window. Last time we saw Kane, he was buried underneath a stage by Braun Strowman. But then you're going to come back and defend your brother's honor against John Cena? Wouldn't you want to go after Braun, the guy who just tried to murder you in front of thousands of people in the arena? I, I didn't really care for that. I thought that Kane didn't need to be a part of that, but I guess this is another roadblock for Cena till eventually they get Undertaker. Now, the American badass idea, Ken, that you brought up, I'm digging that. Because he laid, like you said, the metaphors. He, he lives on metaphors. And with the hat, the gloves, and the coat laying in the middle of the ring, and the, uh, you know, the, the, the symbolism in that, like that dead man character is gone. He's retiring that dead man character. So much so... Okay, that this morning I was at the grocery store and I picked up a copy of the WrestleMania magazine and there is no sign of Undertaker anywhere on the cover of that magazine. However, there is a countdown of the 100 greatest moments in WrestleMania history and Undertaker laying his hat down in the middle of the ring. The title reads Undertaker retires. I'll read this to you. After the shocking loss to Lesnar at WrestleMania 30, the dead man had gone two for two at the show of shows. Going into Mania 33, the WWE Universe had every reason to believe that the dead man would keep the second streak alive. However, Roman Reigns had other plans and took Undertaker down with two spears. When the force of the second spear proved too much to come back from, Reigns had a third spear to finish him off for good. Knowing his time was up, the dead man left with dignity, leaving behind his hat, coat, and gloves in the ring. Almost a year later, and the chance of thank you, Taker, still haven't died down. So, it leads me to believe two things. Either one, they wanted us all to believe that he was really retired or setting up eventually him facing John Cena at this year's WrestleMania, or two, he really was retired, and they decided to call him back for one more match because his health was in better standing this year than last. Because if you remember, Ken, we talked about on the show, he kind of told management, I'm done after this mania. I'll do whatever you want. I'll put over whoever you want. And that's when they made the decision to cancel Cena Taker and put Reigns in that position. And management even kind of, they didn't fight the issue with him. So for all intents and purposes, he was going to be done. Um, but the symbolism in him laying down that hat and, and, and the coat and the gloves and everything, and now the rumors of him possibly coming back as the American badass, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I'm really intrigued by that instead of the, the Undertaker hocus pocus stuff that we've seen with the lights and the digging the souls and, you know, digging holes and taking souls and things like that, you know, kind of reviving this American badass character sort of how I hope that's the direction they go in um, would be much more intriguing than just seeing Undertaker come out. And yeah, the gong's cool to hear and the entrance is awesome, but putting a different spin on his return considering the way he, he left last year, I think would make much more sense um, to me. So as far as when he shows up again, the rumor is he's supposed to make an appearance 
not this not tomorrow, but the following Monday, which is the go home episode of Raw to officially accept the challenge. Now, if I were running WWE Creative, and I'm going to put my booking hat on here for a minute and play Fantasy Booker, I wouldn't have him show up at all heading into WrestleMania. Leave that mystery, that mystery and that mystique of is he going to make it? I wouldn't even make the match official with him and with with Undertaker and Cena. I would I would advertise Cena waiting for Undertaker's response at WrestleMania, and then Undertaker shows up and they have the match because I feel like most people would believe that he's he's going to be there in some form or fashion. And I think it would just be a different twist as opposed to waiting till the 11th hour for Undertaker to answer John Cena's challenge. Like, really give us mystery that he's coming, that whether he's coming back or not. And, and don't advertise it going into Mania. So when you watch WrestleMania, you don't know, you're not 100% sure if you're going to see Undertaker, John Cena, because it's not been advertised. And that's just my take on the whole situation. Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. And I, I don't know if they'll, they'll go that creative, but I, I... – I kind of, I mean, you know, a few things to get into, and, and it's interesting that we're both on the same page with the American Badass, because, you know, I was listening to, to Tommy Dreamer the other day, and he was very much like, he, he's against the American Badass, because he feels like wrestling fans and, and, and fans of The Undertaker need closure, so they need to know that this is going to be his last match, um, and be able to say goodbye properly. Um, respectfully, I totally disagree with, with Dreamer, because I, I think he did. I think the dead man said goodbye last week because, I mean, I joked about it before, but that character would never just say goodbye. That character is not going to, you know, cry like Ric Flair and, and, and say goodbye and retire. Like that character, he said goodbye. Um, and, and the return makes so much more sense if we get one more chance to see American Badass. Now, I'll tell you something, and, I, and a lot of people like kind of crap on it. I really dig. American Badass. And, and I sincerely believe that the American Badass, that, that short run, is, is really what gave Taker's career the longevity that it needed. That I, I could have seen the dead man getting stale. It is a hokey character. He's amazing at it. But it is hokey um, going through, like, the, you know, the Attitude Era and then Ruthless Aggression. Like, it, it, you know... You know, it was something different that kind of made you want to see the dead man again. And so when the dead man came back, it was fresh and new rather than being just the same old character. I love that. I love the way he portrayed that character. You figured that that version of The Undertaker is closer to who Mark Calloway is. Um, I really dug it. And, and I always like the fact that, you know, I mean, we're both fans, Dave, of Sons of Anarchy. Um, I've always been fascinated by the subculture of, of motorcycle clubs and you could see a motorcycle club having a guy nicknamed the undertaker. I mean, watching sons of anarchy, if there was a character that they just referred to as taker um, and he was part of the, the, the club, it, it would make, it would have, it would have blended right in. So I, I thought it was cool that he kind of came off as this tough biker that happened to be nicknamed the undertaker. Uh, so I always liked it. Um, I really dig your, your scenario of, you know, don't announce anything. You don't know if you're going to get taker. Don't put them on any of the promotional materials. And then at some point, and you know what, in all honesty, I would even go a step further. I wouldn't have seen it out there. I would have just between matches at some point, the lights go out and you just hear he's back. 
And then, and you see that that bike come around and, and on, on the top of that, on the stage with the American flag off the back and then, I'm an American badass. And that starts playing, man. And then Taker just speeds down to the ring, grabs the mic and just basically says, I hear someone's been talking shit about me. He better get his ass out here. And then, and then the match happens there. Like I wouldn't even advertise that, that Cena is going to get a response from Taker. Just keep it completely like, we have no idea. We have no idea if, if that's going to happen. It's not advertised. Have Cena be like, I guess I'm going to WrestleMania as a fan. Like completely kibosh it and then just have him come down to the ring on his Harley. I, I think that would be awesome. Um, you know, I, I'm curious if like they'll definitively have Taker retire after that, how they would uh, handle that because the, the American badass version of The Undertaker is very literal. Um, you know, he comes down, you know, he tells you he's going to kick your ass, then kicks your ass. So that version of The Undertaker would say, this is my last match. Not so much with the magic and metaphors, very realistic character. So it'd be interesting to see what exactly happens um, there. Um, the other thing that, and you don't know Mark Calloway, the one thing with the, this version of The Undertaker character, you know, the dead man can't be yucking it up with fans. The dead man can't, like, be high-fiving fans. The dead man can't be, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. American Badass can't. And if you give Taker a victory over Cena at WrestleMania, um, you have a chance where you can create a very special moment where maybe he does kind of say goodbye. And maybe he, you know, gets out of the ring and, and walks around the ring and high fives and, and hugs some fans and, and kind of has that moment where, you know, he can interact with the fans more because the dead man really doesn't do that. It's so against the dead man's version that Mark Calloway the human being could have that moment where he can walk around ringside and actually shake hands and, and um, you know, interact with the fans perhaps one last time. So, um, you know, Dave, you alluded to it a while ago saying, you know, maybe it should just be John Cena versus Mark Calloway. Um, maybe we don't get that. And we're just speculating. It could be the dead man again. Uh, but I really like the idea of the American badass. I'm curious, Dave, as, as I'm, spewing on and on about this were you a fan of the american badass because i really was my favorite entrance was in seattle not a big fan of the match but you know limp biscuit live him really opening that harley up that i just i just thought it was such a cool character you know when you were in the arena and you heard that motorcycle engine rev up it was just so freaking cool and again we talk about this wrestlemania and all the stuff that could be lining up um, to, to be there and hear that Harley come down like one last time, I myself would be pumped. I'm not going to get bent out of shape that the last time we see Taker may not be the dead man. I think it would be cool. I'd love to see American Badass one last time. Um, were you a fan back in the day of the American Badass? Uh, when it first came out, no, I wasn't. I'll be quite honest with you. I was not at first. I was like, I was really kind of hoping for Undertaker dead man, but at the at as time went on and in, in like the weeks and even like a few months that followed, like it grew on me. He was still, you know, he was still undertaker. I mean, it took me a few, took me a few weeks, maybe even a couple of months at best uh, to, for it to really like sink in. But like it, I don't know, for whatever reason, it just kind of, I, I tried it on and it fit, you know, and, and, and 
I ended up enjoying it. And to the point where um, when they wrote that character off, when, um, when uh, Vince McMahon and Kane buried him alive at the 2003 Survivor Series, and then the rumors were he was going to come back and work WrestleMania 20 as the dead man with Kane, um, I was a little disappointed because I felt like, you know, you know, the, the, the biker character still worked and the American badass, you know, the big evil, they called him at one time. Uh, I, I felt it, it still had some legs. And then I was even more disappointed when, like, he did return at WrestleMania 20 and, you know, they had Paul Bearer and they had the Druids and it was a cool entrance. And when the lights came on, they turned, they, he took off the coat and the hat. Like, he still looked like the American badass to me. And I was like, well, what was the point of that? Like, what was the point of having him gone off TV for so long, only for him to look like the, 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 the character that you essentially killed off months ago? And I, at that point, I was like, I want the American badass back. But um, over time, I, I ended up, you know, trying it on, and it grew on me. And then, you know, I, I, was, I was interested in – I, I kind of rationalized it in my brain, like, this is a new version of the dead man. He's like a cross between the American badass and the dead man undertaker. And that's how I rationalized it for a while until I didn't even really care anymore. And, and, you know, I just got caught up in the, the, the drama of the storylines that he was involved in. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Like it's funny because I dug it right away. I, I just, I kind of was a fan right away. Um, but it would be cool, man. But I, I, you know, it's so amazing when you think about like how this, this WrestleMania is, is shaping up and, and you have, you know, and all things we, we hit tonight and, and we're talking about stuff that that's the thing that's amazing that things are falling into place that are the ancillary stuff, you know, not necessarily the in-ring stuff. Like the in-ring stuff is, is kind of at a point where I, to me, like you, you look at the card and it's like that stuff should take care of itself. Um, you know, you always run that risk. Like guys have off nights, uh, maybe they're not given enough time. I mean, shit happens, obviously. Um, but when you look at that card, you kind of start to get that feeling that, all right, in ring, the in ring stuff should be able to take care of itself. And now when you have potentially Daniel Bryant setting foot in the WWE ring again, the, the, you know, rumors that do we get a Hulk Hogan sighting at some point during WrestleMania, if not WrestleMania weekend, and you think we're going to get the Undertaker back and the speculation, you know, is he going to come back as the American badass? Is he going to come back as, as the dead man? Um, how they're going to play that out? How they're going to work that? How they're going to announce, uh, you know, what happens if, if, if Taker shows up at the go-home show? Like, how exactly is he going to respond to this challenge? Is he going to respond, like, as the American badass? Or is he going to respond, you know, he's the Undertaker. Like we said, he deals with, in metaphors, um, you know, like... <laughs> You know, was, I thought it was great the other night when Cena's like, you know, hit me with lightning or something. You know, all that stupid stuff you do, just do something. <laughs> I, I was cracking up. I like that. That's just great, man. And he's just like, he's, you know, Cena, man, he just, he's good. I, I, you know, I just, the haters, I'm just like, he's good. Like when he's, you know, when he's got to go out and, and try and build something. He, he does a nice job with it. And, and I give him credit for, like I said, you know, two WrestleManias, the rock and now this one, but he's essentially trying to build the match like on his own. Um, pretty awesome stuff, Dave. But like, when you think about the fact that, you know, potentially if all the stars align, Daniel Bryan, Hulk Hogan and the undertaker will be at WrestleMania um, or could be at WrestleMania. 
again, it starts to get like pretty freaking insane when you start to look at everything that this WrestleMania could be. It's crazy. It really is crazy how many great moments and great things can happen this year in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Which brings me to, um, you know, not to put you on the spot here, but it, it kind of trans, it kind of you know transitions into, you know, what kind of a, a weekend you guys are going to have down there, and what kind of weekends we've had in the past. Um, which brings us to you know our WrestleMania memories and weekends and stuff like that that we've experienced. Um, is that something that you want to discuss on this show at some point within the next week or so? To, with our audience going over some of our WrestleMania memories, maybe even how the Yes Movement was born in Miami. Because when you say that, like, all the stars lining up, it just makes for an awesome weekend, you know, like Hall of Fame and the stuff you see at Access and, you know, things like that. It, it just it brings me back to, like, the WrestleMania memory weekend. So not to put you on the spot, and you're probably like, you son of a bitch, why are you doing this right now? But <laughs> you probably are. I'm not going to lie. You probably are. But – is that something that, you know, we want to indulge our listeners with is our, our tales, our stories of our WrestleMania weekend excursions? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so many stories we got, um, you know, going uh, Mania weekend. Again, like I said, the, the top of the show scheduling is, is been tough. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to have a, a Mania memory show because th- there are so many. And what's, what's interesting is I don't know out of all the Manias I've gone to, if I was ever like this optimistic beforehand, um, and we will get into a, a moments, a mania moments show, but like a lot of the stuff um, as far as moments was how the weekend just happened to unfold and uh, some crazy hijinks that uh, we got ourselves involved in. Um, this year it's just looking at the card and I'm like, wow, like this is going to be something special. So I, I think with the, with what the card is looking at, you're going to kind of have like a crowd showing up at New Orleans that are going to be really optimistic about this show, uh, which is going to add to the energy of the city. So, yeah, we will definitely schedule a Mania Moments uh, type of show and go through that. Um, you know, this year it's just setting up for uh, something like truly special. And, and again, when it comes to wrestling fans, uh, you know, you don't always get a big group of optimistic fans. But I think this year we're going to descend on New Orleans all of us feeling pretty good about how this show is, has been booked, the matches we're going to see. Um, and then when you're in New Orleans, you know, you never know who you're going to run into at a bar. So more memories to be made in New Orleans. Guys, thank you for tuning in tonight. Again, we'll keep you posted on our schedule in the upcoming weeks. Everyone have a great Easter next Sunday. For Dave, I'm Ken. Good night, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.